Justin Rezvani is the CEO at Zion, a Bitcoin company focused on reimagining social media on the Lightning Network. In our conversation, we covered a wide array of topics, but we started with exactly what Zion is, what separates it from other social media apps like Facebook and Twitter, the importance of peer-to-peer -peer communication, value transfer, uh, exactly why value for value is important and how it changes conversations in communities. And we also discussed a bit about Zion's business model and we had some lightning predictions at the end. Uh, if you're enjoying this show and if you find this useful, I'd love for you guys to send in sats that reflect the value you got out of the show. If you found it super useful, you can send in a lot. If you didn't find it useful at all, don't send anything in. But this is kind of my benchmark now of determining whether or not the audience finds this show useful and valuable. Uh, in addition, you can also send in comments and questions, be more specific, tell me exactly what you like, exactly what you didn't like. Uh, I'd love to hear all your comments and questions and I go through all of them at the end of the show in the lightning round. Just a quick shout out before we get into the episode, today's show is sponsored by Voltage. Voltage is the premier provider of Bitcoin and Lightning Node infrastructure, and we will have more from Voltage later in the show in the Lightning Round. Enjoy the episode. Justin, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so excited to dig into all the things you're building at Zion. But to start things off, I want to hear more about your background, your time in Bitcoin, how you discovered it, and then what led you to ultimately create Zion? Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me. Uh, this has been a long time kind of getting excited to get here, and there, there's so many exciting things to talk about. But I think a little bit about my history is, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life. I, uh, when I was 13 years old, I started my first company, and I was painting uh, numbers on street curbs so people could recognize where their houses were. And this was like pre-Google Maps. And... I graduated college in 2011, and I, I, I come to realize that creators, uh, people that had a following on social media, are the most impactful changes change makers in the world. And at the time, uh, Instagram gets bought by Facebook for a billion dollars. There wasn't really a way where influencers could engage with brands in a really simple way. So I was 24. I was like, let me build the app. Let me build an app that connects an influencer to a brand. And it was effectively one of the first apps on the app store to do that. We were one of the first apps on Instagram's API. And for basically six years, we were the, the only way you could buy ads at scale on Instagram through influencers was through my first company, the Amplify. Um, because we were so early and I had this really deep belief in creators, uh, was able to exit that business in 2016 and stayed on the board through t 2018. And, and I learned a lot. And what I learned about in that time was around payments and creators and their audiences. And the way we were actually routing payments at the time was we would use PayPal and we would use PayPal mass payments where we could put an email address in a uh, C, uh, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, the PayPal email, and then the amount we wanted to pay and we could mass pay hundreds of creators at the same time. But PayPal would take a ton of fees and I was like, man, there's gotta be a better way for this to work, but I sold the company. It's 2018, 2020. I'd taken two years off. You know, I'd, I'd gone through a pretty traumatic brain injury. Um, end of 2019, actually, I was sitting in a dentist chair and I had a seizure. 
Um, I passed out for about 10 minutes. I stopped, like I turned pale white. I got rushed to the hospital and they found um, uh, a tumor in my right temporal lobe. It was a cavernoma. It was a basically like a benign tumor that exploded and then it created a hem- hemorrhagic stroke in my brain. And I went to the ICU. They basically said, hey, we got to take you to brain surgery. So six weeks later at 31, I had brain surgery. I still have a titanium plate holding the right side of my skull together, but I'm good. Uh, a few months later, I'm out of like recovery and, you know, going through a really like introspective time in my life. I was like, wow, I sold my company at 27. I've done all this stuff in my life. Like, what am I going to do? And I got introduced to the lightning white paper it was sent to me. I'm reading it. I'm reading it on a flight to Istanbul in 2020. And I realized I was like, this is the answer to creators monetizing with their fans. Like this is the best way a creator can directly monetize their fans. What what's out there that, that can do this and, and streamline this process. Um, I was so blessed to get introduced to Paula toy and the Sphinx team. And basically for the next three, three months, Sphinx and, and me and, and the Zion team together were collaborating for three months and building Zion. Um, they were our de facto dev team in a lot of ways. Paul was kind of advising me and kind of like, Hey, this is how you should build the app. And this is how you should build the screens. And then fast forward almost a year later, we launched Zion at the end of August um, with obviously the help of our engineering team, taking a lot of insight from the Sphinx team and kind of building our first version of our application. And like, I'm just this massive believer that Bitcoin and lightning is the future payment processor of the creator economy. It's how money should move freely. Uh, lightning makes money liquid. It makes money like water and it makes money between creators and their fans seamless. And, and I'm, even this podcast, someone is potentially listening, streaming sats and it's moving into your wallet through a channel on the Lightning Network through these 10 interoperable applications. It might be Fountain, it might be Breeze, it might be any of these other things. And I think that's the beauty of what we're building is this on top of an open source infrastructure. And the, the most important thing is that like Zion by no means is this like centralized uh, walled garden. Like we're building within the ecosystem that is Lightning and we believe that Lightning is the future payment processor of the creator economy. It's it's the best way to move money between creators and fans. And we're really excited about that opportunity. So that's a little quick of my background, where I came from. And um, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, so am I. I mean, this this is exactly what I believe as well. I, I think that just watching payments flow through Lightning over the last like six to 12 months for me has been just eye-opening and to see what it can accomplish and Every day, my head is spinning with new possibilities. Um, but to start this conversation off and to, to kind of dive into what Zion is building, I want to maybe frame this and, and talk about social media today, the, the, the vision that like Web2 companies have for social media and the vision that you guys have for social media. Because I know these are different visions. And so I want to understand the nuances of what the, what the different models look like and where you think social media goes from here. Of course. I, I think the the framing of like how to think about where is the future of social going, I think really is predicated on a thesis that I came up with about two years ago. Um, the reason that I decided to kind of build Zion is I, I wanted to find a company that followed these particular tenants. 
I wasn't able actually to invest in a company that led all to these tenants. So I decided to build Zion myself um, because I wanted to, a company to do all these things. So first of all, the overarching thesis, six points. The future of social media will be built on a digital monetary layer. It will allow for permissionless innovation, which means that it's open source. It will be focused on peer-based governance versus platform-based governance. It will be censorship resistant. The creators that contribute to the utility or platform will own everything. And you have digital property rights through encryption. This was my thesis on what will the future of social networks look like? And so why I decided to build Zion in the way that we did was because it meets every one of those tenants and every one of those objectives. And what I do every single day as the CEO is that when we release a new product or we're going to a new place, we want to make sure that we're fulfilling these six tenants in everything that we do. Because if there's something that comes up and it's like, actually, that's not properly done because it's a little too potentially centralized. We don't want to do that. We'll pull back and say, Hey, but it's easier to do, but no, 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 that's not what we want to do. Cause then it will not meet our tenets of the things that are important to us of what does the future look like? Whereas web two, every major social network today is basically the opposite of every one of those points, right? It's highly centralized. It's focused on platform governance. It is not open source. It is not built on a monetary lawyer. You don't own anything. And the creators have no rights whatsoever in any of these centralized systems. Even these newer Web2 companies, right? The parlors, getters, truth social, they're building the same thing. They're not building anything innovative. They're not building anything different. And in all my opinion, it's just noise. What we're trying to build is signal, signal using lightning. Right. It's, it's a fascinating idea that data and your, your information online is worth something because for, for the longest time, like we've almost been brainwashed into believing it's not worth anything. And that like you post it on Facebook for free, or you post it on Instagram for free, you give it away, you blast it out into the internet. Everyone gets to see it. Um, and now I think people are starting to realize that information has value and that lightning enables, because it enables any sized value transfer, you can go down to the smallest amount and now everyone can price their information and can send, you know, value for values. Like one of these common themes now in lightning, where if I have only a sat to my name, I can send it to you for creating great content which is so cool. I think this, this whole space is just mind blowing. And I think it's the expansion of the creator economy, right? So if we look at YouTube, YouTube was the second layer of the creator economy where it's random people can go on the internet and get paid for through ads to put videos on the internet. Now we're mm -hmm. getting to a stage with lightning, which is my opinion, the third layer of the creator economy, which is the fans of the creators get paid for sharing derivative content from the creators using lightning. So it's like, you can be a fan. You can now be a, what I like to call a professional consumer of content, right? Like clipping podcasts for sats, right? Like yeah. I, like there was, um, yesterday I was on fountain and which I love this app. Oscar's genius. I know you're involved in the company and our investor, Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus, 
did a podcast with this economist and he's talking about Zion for like 10 minutes because he's an investor and he knows what we're building. And I got to clip it out and I shared it with a bunch of people. And I was like, wow, it'd be awesome if like you could stream stats for those clips, right? Like that to me is going to be a very interesting element because it is Aubrey's content, but it's me creating the clip of the content, resharing it. And like all those things to me is really exciting about where we're going with all of this technology. Yeah. Well, you're thinking in the right lines. I think like that's going to happen. There's You're already seeing it on uh, another one is Stacker News where you don't even have to create content. You can just be a curator. Yeah. And you earn, it's like Reddit, right? You're curating content on Reddit, but you get upvotes. And on this, you get sats for, yeah. for doing the same job. Yep. Um, do you think there's going to be any, what do you think some of the unexpected or like interesting ways people can earn money in the future will look like? I know we just dove into <laughs> two of them right there. I, but. I, 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 I want that to be our next episode where I tell you all the things we're releasing next month, because I think you'll see some of those things in actual action and we'll be like, Hey, like we actually built it and here it is. So I want to, I want to save that for episode two, because then I could tell you, Hey, we built it. And this is why we're, we're, we're kind of moving in this range. But to like add to, I think your original point is that web one, like web two, most of these companies are focused around like data around your identity. And I think what's interesting about Web3 and the things that we're trying to build in Web3 is that you're adding a level of identity with a payment, right? It's like, it's this concept of accreditation within a social network, because right now um, social is is like the wild west. There's no control. There's no repercussions if you're a bad actor, right? Like almost every day there is a fake account on Instagram that gets started and asking my friends for trading uh, information and, and trying to like potentially like fish money out of them. And I'll get a message like, Hey, someone's impersonating you. It's like, well, first of all, I'm verified. So like, don't ever listen to an account. That's not me. Cause I only have one account. It's verified on every social network, but like that fraud is available because those centralized systems, you, you can use an email and a password and just start. There's no concept of identity or accreditation. Whereas in the new world, because everything will be tied to a monetary wallet, bad actors will be fined for bad things. Mm. And I think that that's the beautiful thing is like you can use digital energy, right? Bitcoin is digital energy to actually accreditate an individual within a social environment. These are stuff that Michael Saylor talks about all the time. And so I think that's the most exciting thing about building a social network inside of the Bitcoin lightning network is that we have these layers of accreditation. Right. And when you think about like someone's identity and where that lives, is that, is that going to live in a node? uh, I I think, I think, I think the, the future will not necessarily a, a node is an option for that. But I think the future is is one step removed, which is this idea of decentralized identity. I think that's where we're going, and we're really excited about uh, DIDs, and we can get that into into, into detail. I think in in the next conversation that we have, I think the node is a part of that, but I don't think that it's the end all be all. I think the concept of having a private and public key to establish an identifier is really important, but we have to build solutions that are available across the internet and build standards. I think nodes are one of those implementations. The node is a vehicle for that. The node is a data storage vehicle. The node is a channel vehicle, but there's, there's more options because we have to get to a point where there's millions of people, billions of people using lightning. 
And I think my, my gut feeling tells me that the idea of one person, one node isn't the future of how it all is going to work. I think there's, there's ways to get around all those things. Interesting. You know, this, this bootstrapping issue is something that's been top of mind for me lately as well. Um, I did a, I did a recent episode a few episodes ago with, uh, uh, Keegan McClelland at start nine. And we were discussing like what some, what the first and last kind of applications for lightning might, might look like. Um, and he seemed to think that social media would probably be towards the, the, the later stages because it involves this network of people, you have to have other people to interact with and you have to kind of like bootstrap that network versus like cloud storage where you can just store your own files. You don't have to depend on anyone. And maybe that application can pick up steam uh, quicker because you don't have to have a network of millions to make it useful for your life. So how do you think about getting a critical mass of people to transition away from web to social and to move on to something like Zion, because that is such an important feature and it's kind of locking in people to traditional systems because of the power of that network effect. So, so my thesis generally is that creators, influencers, people that are developing the content for these centralized platforms are the, the critical element of any social network. So our proposition to creators is that for the first time, you can actually build your mansion on sovereign land. Because in centralized systems, they're building a mansion in someone else's backyard without a rental agreement. You have no idea what will happen. It could be turned off anytime. They don't own anything. But in this new world, they actually can read, write, and own. And so mm-hmm. our proposition to creators, which is why my partner, for example, JP Sears, reaches over six and a half million people, our cap table, and we'll be kind of releasing that over the next few weeks, are some of the most influential people in the world. And they have massive following. Over 50 million people follow our cap table, which is amazing. And so our mission is to say, hey, these individuals want to build sovereign social experiences. So if we can go to the creators and say, hey, you can finally own this. Like Zion will be the first social network owned by creators for creators. And I think that's our proposition to the world is saying for the first time, it's not going to be Silicon Valley tech people owning this thing. It's like, no, creators own this. And it's built for creators by creators. And so I think that's the thing that we have. And, and, And the way that the payments will move is, again, through Lightning. It's not through a centralized broker. We are Zion as a company is not a centralized messaging broker. We're not a centralized payment broker. None of the things that we do is centralized. It's all using the Lightning Network or it's using decentralized messaging or it's using decentralized data storage, all of those elements, and it's 100% open source. So I think the differentiator of how we build the network effect is to build an atomic network with the most powerful creators, and that is our strategy. Mm, that's really interesting. Now... When you think about designing a social network, um, there, you know, if we look to the precedent set by Web2, we have a lot of different structures across the apps, right? So on Twitter, it's, you have, a, you have a, a select number of people who are really influential blasting stuff out into the world. On Facebook, it's more of a uh, closer friends. It's kind of like a group, a community, I guess, a little bit. Um, on something like Telegram or WhatsApp, it's a chat specific to a topic or a group of people. How do you think about 
Zion's positioning there and, and which part of that social media stack or maybe multiple parts do you want to kind of play a role in? Our, our role is all around communities. Communities is the focus around what we do. And within the second layer of our product is conversation. So you have a community, let's say the, the JP Sears Awaken Warriors community. And within that, JP, his content are threads of conversations about what's happening in the world driven through comedy. He talks about freedom through comedy, and that could be a video. So the way that Zion works is it's nested in these two ways. It's that you're going to join a community, and then within a community, a creator can start a conversation. And then there's a thread around that conversation of what's relevant. He does like once a week, he does a news show that talks about what's going on in the news. So I think the focus is we want to help creators develop digital communities. It's not a place that you just post a piece of content. It's where you want to gather communities. How do you gather the individuals that are around this thesis of you as a creator? And we believe right now that's very bifurcated, right? So you have, for example, you'll go somewhere to listen to a podcast and you go somewhere to, to chat about it. Then you'll go watch some YouTube videos and then maybe you go to an Instagram. It's like very, it's very like, um, some, it, it's all over the place. So it's yeah. fragmented is a good word. Yeah. So we want to bring that into one environment. And then that environment is tied to a digital identity and a wallet. Effectively, Zion is a identity and, and payment system in one. And the identity that we use is a decentralized identity system. And then the payment method we use is Lightning and Bitcoin. So we're trying to build across the standards that are going to be the future of the internet. Like what's really important is like Zion's not building its own blockchain. Zion's not building its own token. Zion's not, we're not doing any of these things because we want to use the most prolific money ever created. And we want to use yeah. the internet for what it's good for. We're not trying to go create another shit coin uh, to, to establish that because we believe lightning and Bitcoin is the money of the internet. Right. Now, in terms of these communities, I want to, I want to dive deep into how these are structured and, and to um, what you're seeing right now from, from community members today. Um, are there any interesting changes in behavior you're noticing where like, you know, you have a community on web two and you have a community in Zion. Do they interact differently? I know there's a money component, but does that lead to maybe second order effects of how I think, I think behave? the second order effect is the quality of the content because Imagine you're part of an experience that if you contribute good content as a follower of a, of a creator, you can be paid for that. This is precedent that we have never seen before where you can actually be paid by the creator for posting things to their community. And by the way, everyone else can also pay you, right? Omnidirectional payments. We've been introduced traditionally to like single directional or maybe bi-directional, which means that single directional is like the OnlyFans model. OnlyFans person posts, you pay for a video. Patreon posts, you pay for a video. It's single direction from you as an audience member to a creator. Bi-directional is maybe the creator pays you for something. There isn't really precedent for that. Omnidirectional is anyone can pay anything at any time for anything. And I think that's the opportunity of because lightning makes money liquid, makes money flow very in a very like seamless manner effectively because it's like magic internet money. Yeah. Anyone can be paid at any time for every any single piece of content. So you could post your favorite meme, you can make a comment, you can share a video, you can share a link, and anyone can be can boost that piece of content. Anyone and anywhere. And the and the broker of that payment is not Zion. 
It is the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network is the broker of the payment moving through. And I think that's the beauty of, of the entire system is that like, and it only works with Bitcoin and Lightning. This was not possible with any other chain. It's not possible with the credit cards. It's not, it's not possible with anything. And the elements that I think even take it a step further is the concept of how instant it is. And not just instant in the transaction, but instant in the settlement. Settlement traditionally on web two environments take 30, 60, 90 days, right? If like you're an OnlyFans creator, like you get paid once a month. Like what if you get paid every second? What if you get paid for every second you watch a video? What if you get paid while you're watching a video and there's a moment you're like, damn, that was a really awesome line from Jordan Peterson. And I send something and it goes directly to his lightning wallet. Yeah. From any piece of content globally, any shared derivative piece of content globally, that's the excitement of where we're going with Lightning and Bitcoin. It's absolutely wild to watch it in action. And I find that now that I've used some of these apps, uh, I've started to send sats, receive sats um, through you know podcasting, one example, um, I noticed that I actually enjoy sending sats, which it's I never aw- thought I would It's so cool. Say. It's so cool. Like it's, it's, it's so often cool. a super small amount and it's super, like, if you, if you translate to dollar terms, you look at it and you're like, okay, it's like, we're talking pennies or we're talking like sometimes even fractions of a penny, right? Like, uh, I think it's like, uh, 200 sat or 20 sats to a penny now, something like that. Um, so some of the amounts are super small, but when I do it, I actually feel like I'm, I'm helping the person who created that content more than if I had given them a like on Twitter or a, a retweet or a follow because it's or true. It's fundamentally true because your like in traditional social networks is 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 worth nothing. It's cheap. Like a like is cheap. It's yeah. like 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 like. But a sat is a unique one of one of you know twenty one million Bitcoin, a hundred million sats for every Bitcoin. Like it's unique, and that yeah. will never. Like that sat that's and being transferred is inter- yeah exactly and you can the go interoperability use that sat wherever you want. I mean, I think there's like there's, be- there's 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 so much beauty to this because like since we launched Zion about five and a half months ago, we've processed over one hundred and twenty thousand transactions inside the app between creators and their fans, and I think Very without cool. any fees. To me, that's remarkable that like you're able to do that, right? Like that is so much value being transferred in sats. And it's remarkable to me that like we're a startup, right? We're a pretty small company, but because the fluidity of the network, we were able to move 120,000 trans. I think, I think at the one year mark, we'll hit over a million transactions done through the network, which to me is remarkable, right? When you look at like growth and growth is also really exciting around lightning. I think it's a, it's a fun, fun little metric. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Um, when, when you think about this model scaling, and going from 120,000 transactions to a million, to a billion, and who knows, maybe trillions. Like, as soon, how, how big do you think this could be for, one, for Zion, but two, for, for creators? Like, can creators, do you think, at a mature state, uh, get all of their income through this, like, audience I, funding or, or, you know? I told, I mean, look, the call I had with my partner, JP, yesterday was JP, my mission over the next 18 months is to completely replace the centralized systems that are paying you for your content. 
And if I achieve that mission, we've done a really good job. And he, he's, he's a very large creator. He gets paid a lot of money for what he does across all of these systems for his videos and all those things. There is a massive opportunity. The question is how long will it take us to get there? But I believe that it's possible because finally we have a mechanism that allows for it in terms of scale and throughput. It's very clear. Like lightning can tr process almost 40 million transactions per second. It has higher throughput than visa, any of these other credit card processes. Like it is faster and it's better. It's all about as, as a, as a collective, as the group that is trying to build on the lightning network, the Alliance, whatever we want to call us, we have to all work together to build that. Cause I think one of the things that some companies I think make a mistake and, and it's, I think it's some people in lightning make a mistake is that they think that people in lightning might be competing against each other. First of all, no one uses lightning globally yet, right? This is such a small market that no one's in competition because no one uses this thing yet. Everyone has to come together. Everyone has to work together as a collective, collaborate. Let's get enough people on it and then we can fight. But there's no need to fight right now. There's no one using it. Like, let's all work together, move forward, be partners, and then figure out what we're doing, right? Like, and that, that's the big point that I always like to make with lightning companies. It's like, let's be collaborative. Like, let's work together because we want people to use this first and then we can fight. But no need to fight now. Mm -hmm. And I think really it, makes, it makes a much more compelling case for Lightning if there are use cases where you can say, hey, look at this creator who just, who just earned all of their income that they would have otherwise earned from an advertiser on Lightning. Of and course. Something I'm seeing on, on the podcasting side is I've, I've been doing this podcast now for, I started in late October, so I guess October, November, December, we're talking like five months um, of podcasting, mostly in the last two or three months. And I've seen the, the numbers start to tick up in, in terms of like sats received to the show, not quite at the level of like, I think in the last month, the show received $120, something like that, which is mind blowing compared to the like $5 it received in the first month. It's an enormous growth, but it, there's still a, you know, if you say the average salary in, in America is what, 60K? 5k a month uh, is still another 30x growth to get to that 5k a month um, for for a podcaster to earn entirely on on lightning. Um, but it's really promising to see how quickly it's growing. Yeah, I kind of now wonder if if this could grow to like totally overtake that and, and maybe grow beyond five to 15 or 20. And you now all of a sudden have this like creator class that is that was earning five or ten k a month on ads and sponsorships and stuff like that, and they're now earning forty or fifty k a month, and I, it just like really broadens the possibilities for creators. And I and I think the 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 framing is around what are we building for the world, right? And I think like to know me as an entrepreneur, what I've always tried to do in all the products that I've ever built is to find out like what is the reason I'm building the tech in the first place. And I would say that most tech entrepreneurs are building products for people to interact with. They're building something to say, hey, I want you to play with my app. I want you to use my app a little bit more. I've always had a completely different approach in how I develop products. Because when I built my first company, the Amplify, the point of the app was I want brands 
to interact with creators in a more effective way, not to use my app. The app was the mechanism to do that, but for brands to interact with creators in a more effective way. And now with Zion, my mission and the framing that I have when I, because I'm effectively the head of product as well, besides being the CEO and the CFO and all the things, is I'm building an infrastructure that allows creators and fans to interact in a better way, to interact. Oh. And that's the cohesion. I'm not, I'm not trying to build a product for people to play with Zion. I don't care about Zion as, as, as the mechanism. I want creators and fans to engage in a more cohesive way. That is my mission. And that's what I think about and everything that I build is product. I think that's the differentiator of how I think about product and more effectively lightning is the mechanism that allows a fan and a creator to interact in a more cohesive way. If I wanted to be the intermediary, I build another PayPal. I build my own blockchain. I build my own token. I do all these things to be the intermediary, but I've removed myself as that. I've chosen an open source monetary network that allows a fan and a creator to monetize in a better way. So I think that the mechanisms of why we did what we did is very strategic, but that's why we think about product differently. Anyone that's building their own blockchain or their own token is wanting you to interact with their product. That is their mission. They're not trying to help you interact better with your fans. That's the difference. That's the Zion difference. That's very cool. I like that analogy. I like that uh, way of describing things. Um, I want to talk a bit about the model of paying for access to a service versus getting it for free and then getting ads and, and, and getting monetized through your information. Sure. Um, yeah. Business this model. Is a, this is another distinction between Zion and what you might find on Facebook. Yeah, for right? sure. I mean, um, so like... The, the biggest thing I looked at was when I started this process, I said, okay, if we're going to build a different business, we have to figure out how we make money early on. Cause I don't run like in full transparency. Like I've never ran a company that wasn't extremely profitable. My first business, we had 1.5 million in revenue the first year. I had tons of profit on that. Like that's how I built companies. Like I have very little money and I have to make money to build a business and so not like, Hey, give us a bunch of money and we'll figure out. How to... I've never known how to do that. So I said, if we're going to flip the business model completely, we have to flip how we make money and we have to flip like why and who is the product? Because on traditional social media, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. That's how it works on every centralized social network because they're taking your data, your attention and monetizing that through a third party advertiser. So when we launched Zion, we said, okay, we got to do this differently. We have to completely flip the business model, which means how can we bootstrap people helping us contribute to grow the network? The way we did that was we provided a service, which was if you want to run your own lightning node with your own channel and all of your data sitting on that node, you can pay $12 a month onto our network, sign up, and everything is pre-built for you. And we have built a margin to help run our service within that monthly payment. So it's a bit of a membership-based model that provides value with an actual tool that does a few things, right? You own your own data with your private keys on your device. You own all the Bitcoin because the private keys, again, are held on the device. And all the information is held by your Lightning node. These are real full Lightning nodes running onto the network. How do we know that these are full Lightning nodes? 
look at the growth of the network, right? And then this is something I say with like tons of confidence because I know the actual data. The day Zion launched, there were 15,500 nodes on the public Lightning Network. On January 31st, there were 20,400 nodes on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Basically a change of about 4,700 effectively. Within that five-month time period, Zion brought on 3,500 of the 4,700 nodes that were added to the Lightning Network. 75% of the global growth on the Lightning Network in the last five months was because of Zion. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you think this, this membership approach is something that scales to the level of Facebook where there are billions of users? And, and I don't, more specifically, I don't, maybe like the, the pricing structure, because, you know, $12 a month um, right now is what, 144 a year. Um, I, I looked up before our conversation, Facebook, I want to I get your guess on this. How much do you think Facebook earns from the average user worldwide? I have no idea. What are they worth right now? 800 billion? Something like that. <laughs> so eight, so what is it? They have 2 billion. Okay, so how much revenue three, from? Yeah, per, 2 or 3 billion per, users. So it's probably 2, 300, 400 per user per year? Well, 40. But that's worldwide. Worldwide, And the number is much higher in in North America. The number in of course in North advertisers it's a higher higher value customer. Yeah. So in North America, Facebook makes two hundred and thirteen dollars from the average user per year, uh, or in the last year. Um, and in users in South America and Africa, that number is just twelve dollars. Right. So 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 I wonder if, if like that is entirely because advertisers are willing to pay different rates in different markets. Of course. And, and there's a, there's a, you guys are doing it differently where a, a user could contribute value no matter where they are, right? Like they can join a community and all of a sudden earn at a level that anyone else can earn at. There's no limitations on that. So, so they can earn money and, like, does this change the way wealth inequality works on social media? Like, I think you know what so, I mean? because it, it's all going to come back to the quality in which you contribute to the network and anyone can be paid, right? Like, so the mechanism is that, again, you're not paying us to be on the network. That's very clear. It's like, if you want to run your own node, you have, we have, we're all open source. You can run your own node, download the relay, install the thing. It's not easy, by the way, because we haven't been able to build all the tools to make it very simple, but you can earn on your node, right? And I think what you're going to see over the next few months of us evolving is that we're going to have pricing models that range from basically free all the way to 12, but a ton of pricing in between that. So if there's somebody that wants to pay $5 a month, we will have a $5 a month pricing tier to join specific creators communities. And we think that for the price of a cup of coffee, that you can own all your own data, contribute to your favorite creators in your own way and be paid for being on a social network, I think is a pretty good deal. I think of what we're going to see, Yeah. but what it, what, because we have a promise, right? There's a, there's a promise that we make is that we will never have ads. We will never manipulate you. We will never take your data mostly because we cannot, we have no data on individual, all the private keys and all the information is held on the device itself. There's nothing server side that we can actually store. 
we think that's a future point for the world. And we think that we want to flip the business model. And I don't think that this is built necessarily for the entire world. I think what, I think where we went wrong um, a few years ago was like, oh, we have to have these mass centralized systems. We have to have a Facebook or a Twitter. I think what's going to happen as the world evolves over the next five to 10 years is you're going to have these micro networks with micro economies and Zion will be one of many, right? So our themes are going to be around censorship resistance, freedom, Bitcoin, all these elements that are leading to this, this thing where there might be many networks that sit on top of the lightning network, but they have different themes and they have different feelings and they have different groups of people that go within them. I don't think we're going to lead to this one mass, one only, this is the only one. Um, I think that's where we're going to evolve and that's where we're going to grow. Right. How do you convince users? Like I get, from the user's perspective, they are now being asked to pay money up front with the potential of earning money and owning your own data um, in the future as, as you become a member. Um, how do you get over that hurdle of, you know, there's still that like lack of friction in web two where it's just free for yeah. everyone forever. And you don't realize on the back end you're losing all your data and all that, but it instantly looks like a great deal for the user. Like how do you convince a new user to come to Zion, even though you have this like pay, you know, you have this hurdle you have to get over initially. I think, I think the big thing is education. And I think that most people are realizing that on centralized systems, they're beneath, they're being manipulated. Um, it's a very dangerous place. It's a very like, I mean, look like us hospital emissions for self-harm in teenage girls skyrocketed after 2010, 62% in teenage girls and 189% from 10 to 14. And suicide rates have also skyrocketed. And I think this is directly contributed to this centralized, manipulated, algorithmic-based ad model of social media. Traditional social is not a safe place. It's not a safe place for your kids. It's not a safe place. Anyone can be a bully. Anyone can say terrible things without any consequences to you. So how do we convince is that society is seeing that traditional networks will censor you. Uh, someone can say whatever they want without any repercussions. Basically they can create multiple accounts to harass you. They can manipulate all your information and try to convince you to believe things that you don't actually believe. They, that is inherent. So if you can provide an alternative and say, Hey, this is the alternative. We won't do any of those things because we fundamentally can't, but you still want to be able to communicate with customers. You still want to communicate with each other. You still want to engage with your favorite creators and they own everything. I think that's just a better value proposition. Generally, my belief is Bitcoin makes things better. Lightning makes products better on the internet and any product that would integrate lightning inherently to it will be better. So Zion is fundamentally better than traditional networks because of the element that lightning allows for it. And it's basically creating a safe and civil place on the internet. So I think people will pay for safety and civility. So how do you think about ranking content or, or showing content on Zion? If it's not going to be this algorithm designed to get you to click, click, click and like get outraged or get excited or whatever, what is the correct way to display content on a, a new social network like this. Yeah. And our, our focus because of how we are nesting content is that it's not around this open feed. 
It's focused around communities. It's focused on that you are joining a specific creator's community and that creator is developing a dialogue around their content. That's what Zion is building. It's, it's more focused around communities and creators than this concept of like an open social discourse. I think someone will go build that product, but that's different from what we are doing. We're not building this like mass. Like I think Twitter does a really good job of that. It's like Twitter is like the town hall. We're not building Twitter. We're building communities for creators because yes, you can have this open public discourse on Twitter and you can engage with a bunch of people. But if you really love JP Sears, if you really love what he's about, you're like the core hundred thousand, 200,000 fans of JP. Where do you go to congregate? Where do you go to engage? Where do you go to share ideas? Where do you go to save, you know, like build a monetary relationship with each other? Where do you go to maybe move funds? Where do you go to build fundraisers that won't be shut down by the government? Mm. And do you think this means that because all these new social apps on Lightning are going to be interoperable, um, does this essentially mean like you can just kind of create one identity online if you're a creator and not have to deal with like, oh, I got a Snapchat, I got an Instagram, I got a Facebook, I got a YouTube, I got a LinkedIn. Like you got all these like I think I think that's where we're that, going. I think that's where we're yeah. going. I think I think that this is my hope, right? And I'm really excited about what we're launching in the next four weeks is that like, as long as the entrepreneurs can agree that an open standard is the best way to move forward with identity and payments, then we can move to that world. But the problem is, I think some people always go back to like, well, what do I own? What do I want to have? Like, what is, what is the me in, in everything instead of being like society? What is like, what's better for society? I hope that Web3 moves us away from that concept of ownership in the sense of like, oh, I have to own these people. It's our customers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, first, let's establish that it's an open standard on top of Lightning. The payment is an open standard and identity should be an open standard and then build an interoperability between all the applications. That's what the hope is. So as long as the entrepreneurs that are running these companies can can just agree to an open standard, then we can move into that place. But you know, some, you know, the ego takes over this is the problem with the ego is the ego is like, no, 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 I have to own that. That's my customer blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that's what we have to all evolve to as a society is like, let's build an open standard and then go from there. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is the way to get around some of the network effects of Facebook or of Twitter is to not try and take them on one by one as a, like a single company, you know, we've got a better Facebook or a better Twitter, but as a network of companies that anyone can join any one of them and they all seamlessly work together. Um, and so that 100%. growth from any one of those participants leads to the network's growth overall. 100%. Mind blowing uh, stuff. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's the thing that I always hope for is like, I'm a big fan of collaboration. I try to talk to my peers as much as possible, tell them what we're building. How can we work together? Like I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. Cause I believe that's, how it's done. I, um, because I've, I've gone through the ringer already doing this before. And so I, I just hope that we can all as a collective get together and decide like, Hey, this is where we want to do together. Let's make that choice. And then just move in that direction. So, cause we need, we need, to, you need a big enough David to fight Goliath. Uh, you can't just have a bunch of little things running around and everyone eating each other, right? Like everyone's kind of eating each other in some ways on the centralized world. And they, they just can't break through to beat the bigger incumbents. So the only way it works is you all got to work together as a collective, 
have this bigger mission and then move forward from there. I think that's what I will say. I think the Ethereum community does that really well. They have this like collective that like really works together really well on the development side to build products. I think Bitcoin needs to evolve to do that in a much better way over time. I, I do believe that. Any specific points where you think Ethereum's like, like, can you provide specific examples? I, I, of, I mean, I, I just think like the, like the concept of like, they've been able to build this like standard of an NFT with an ERC 20 token. And then all these people build these apps on top of it. And I think they've done a decent good job of like convincing people like, Hey, this is how you should build applications. And this is how you should build right. these tools. Right. And I think we're getting to that place with Bitcoin and I'm very excited. Obviously I run a Bitcoin company. I, I want that to happen. So I think yeah. there's there's a need to for us to all get there together as well. Interesting, yeah, that's a good point. Um, now, in in a state where you have a bunch of Bitcoin companies, let's say a bunch of Bitcoin social media companies that have all worked together, they're all interoperable. They've amassed a group of millions or billions of members. Um, how does competition then? present itself like how how do you build a sustainable business around that what do you think about in terms of like um you know making sure that you you can run a business uh when everything is open and anyone can use any alternative on this kind of like open it's, network it, it's going to be focused on the creators the creators will decide who wins where they decide to create content where they decide to contribute to that network, that's the network that's going to win. I mean, that's that's how it's always worked. Like for example, um, I when I ran my first business, we were very involved with Vine, and I was there was a meeting where all these massive Viners were talking to Twitter and said, "Hey guys, we are the reason Vine is so big. Pay us money to build content on Vine." And Vine said no. So then the creators were like, "Fuck you." And then a year later, Vine. <laughs> disappears because the creator stopped creating and the creator stopped contributing. And then that means all the people that were using it disappear as well. So to me, it's all about who can focus on the creators the most. And because Zion is a company built with basically the owners are creators, the apps are being built for creators and everything that we do falls around the thesis of helping creators interact with their audiences just out of the core product perspective. I think that's potentially why we're going to win. Do you think this changes accountability for companies like that, that now companies have to kind of compete on user experience or, or making it better for their users of in course. a way they may not have had to before? Of course, of course, because what changes when the shareholder isn't a centralized bank? What happens mm -hmm. when the shareholders are creators themselves and, and they're building towards something that's like, wow, this is like, for me, it's for my livelihood. Like the my constituency is very different than a traditional social network. Perhaps my constituency isn't a venture capital firm in San Francisco. It's JP Sears. It's a very different perspective to think about is like, who are my constituents? Who are the people that I'm building for? I'm building for creators and for their fans. Not for Silicon Valley VCs. Do you think this spreads beyond social media and accountability rises in every company in the economy? It, it, how far does this idea extend? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a bit laser focused in what I'm doing. Um, so 
I, I haven't had the opportunity to reflect on how big this is, but I know that I, I know that we're building the potential killer app for lightning. I think that people like people think that people, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of maxis that have a perspective like lightning is only this. This is the only thing that lightning can be. And I don't think we know. I don't think we know yet what, what the killer application is yet. And I have a hope that we are that killer application. Interesting. Um, let's talk about onboarding new users. People yeah. who are listening to this conversation, um, people who haven't even discovered Lightning or Zion yet. What do you think right now is the most difficult part of getting new people A, onto Lightning and B, onto Zion? Well, I mean, it's it's a really cumbersome process that we're we're changing over the next few weeks. Right now, you have to, you know, you have to have a full node. The full node has to have a channel and has a relay installed. We try to make it easy. It's like a one click checkout, so you can go to getzion.com, shop by get shop.getzion.com, put in your credit card and your email, and you're going to be sent an email with a node, your connection string, and a channel, a pre provisioned channel into all of our routing nodes within five seconds. So we've tried to make a very cumbersome process, very easy for customers to have their own node and their own data, but it's a challenging thing for most people. It's like, well, like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what a node is. I don't know what a channel is. So our goal right now is like education. That's why we have our guide. That's, we have tons of videos from JP. And then the next focus is that how do we make this experience as frictionless as possible within the technology constraints that we have, right? Cause like we are at, I think people that are enlightening or have been in it for a while, they're like, you know, for a regular person, we're basically at the internet where the first five websites were built on the internet and building websites on the internet was very hard at the beginning. Right now you have Squarespace and all these sites that you can like click things and do DNS really quickly, all like all this stuff. This was very hard in the nineties. I think we're at that stage with lightning because all the tooling hasn't been built to make it super simple. And our mission is to make all those things very simple, very simple to onboard, very simple to flow and and to follow some of the mechanisms that we've learned from web two and then evolve that into web three, into this ownership lens. But it's going to take time. I think the biggest thing is like, be patient with us. Like when you're, for example, when you become a member of Zion and you're paying us to have a node, you're helping us build this mission because you're contributing to the revenue of a company. And this is our mission. Our mission is to build what we're telling you. We're not going to change our things. We're not going to do anything different. This is what we want to build. And you're basically supporting our mission to build. It's like, it's not a donation, but it's like, okay, I believe you're paying with your dollar and saying, I believe that's how the world should work. And we're telling you everything transparently. Like, this is what we want to build in the world. Will you help us build that at 12 bucks a month? And it will evolve and it'll go down and blah, blah, blah. Right. Now, you, you mentioned education and some of the, the videos you guys are doing around that. Um, what are some of the biggest gaps in education right now that, that we need to kind of like, for someone to bridge that gap and, and go from, I don't even know what Bitcoin is to, oh, I get it. Like, I want to be on this social network. What do you think has to happen? How do we convince people? How do we kind of get them to to understand that? That's a really hard question. I'm thinking about that every day. Um, I think that it's, it's a good question for JP to potentially answer is that I think the big thing we want to share, I think overarchingly is that Bitcoin is the infrastructure for freedom and sovereignty globally. 
We're seeing that every day that banks can censor your transactions. Banks can turn you off. You can basically go off the face of the internet instantly. If some, if you don't agree with somebody, which is like the centralized systems. So Bitcoin is freedom. Bitcoin is sovereignty. So building the education to why is it freedom and sovereignty is our job. And I think that's, that's a thing that I don't have a clear answer to, and I'm working on it every day, but we have incredible people like you that are helping us do that because I think you're edu you're educating in such a good way. I, I always love your videos. I love your clips. I love all the things you share about growth. So it's a uh, thank you to you brother for, for putting that stuff out there. We need people like you. We need more of you. I honestly, I learn more. I feel like from just listening to guests. Um, so I, I can't take credit for, for that. It, it's 99% of it is, is me just like absorbing information from guests and, and just passing it on. But you're creating um, the vehicle. You have the guest on, you create the podcast, you create the experience. You, you invite that experience to occur. It doesn't just happen. You, you created your reality in that way. Right. Um, well, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> um, it's true. I, I want to transition to the lightning network specifically. And cause I know you guys are, you, you mentioned you have a lot of nodes on the network. Um, I know you guys have a number of like company nodes as well that routing nodes, you're, yeah. you're, you're routing payments and, and you're seeing a lot of like, um, you know, you have a really good view of the network and how payments are moving through it. So I'm, I'm curious to know, like, because you have some of, some of the most well-connected nodes on the network, um, are there any interesting like trends or stats or data you can share on how payments are moving through the lightning network and maybe maybe how that's changed over the last six months? I don't, I wish I did. That's a good question for our liquidity expert, Josh. There's a, there's a gentleman in my team that just focuses on that basically almost full time. I don't have insights into that. I know high level figures of like, Hey, we routed 120,000 transactions through our nodes from creators and fans over the last five and a half months. So I don't have an exact insight I can give you. I wish I could. Um, but I think the next time I'll be prepared with that question. I'll get some cool stats and share them with you. Sure. It, do you get a sense that things are growing faster of course than people of course realize? Or? Yeah, I think, I think things are definitely growing faster than realize. I don't know the proxy for that opinion. I don't know what to base that off of, but I think mm. it's growing. There's no doubt. And I think, I mean, one important thing is that, and this is internal data that we know, Zion has introduced Lightning to a million new users. A million people have seen a message from Zion over the past five months that talk about the lightning network in a, in a new way. Millions of views on videos that we have distributed that talk about lightning and freedom have happened as a result of Zion. So I think that there's a lot more people that are aware of this technology than ever before. And I think that's going to begin the adoption curve because our audience is quite large, right? We have JP that's continuously pushing messages around lightning we have over 30,000, 33,000 people on a wait list to get a node inside of Zion. It's a massive list, massive group of people. So um, we're really mm. excited about all those you know, stats. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder on the, on the point about growth and how it compares to what people expect, I kind of think that because we have uh, two or three kind of public metrics that everyone kind of leans on in the Lightning community, um, mostly capacity and node growth, but also channel growth, um, and those mostly grow at, you know, like they went up to about 10 or 20% per month, uh, six or eight months ago. Um, they're now around two, three, 4% per month. Um, I kind of think that people say, 
that like people who aren't familiar with Lightning will associate that growth to the whole network's growth. And I think they're missing, you know, like they, what they don't see is they don't see how payments are growing or how how efficient payments are happening on the network. Um, like, you know, a year ago, it might have been the odds of me sending you a successful payment could have been 50%. And now maybe it's 99%. And, it, and that doesn't come through in that data. You also don't see the number of, you know, users on uh, wallets. Uh, some of the wallets that are like private, uh, you, you may not know if they don't run a node, you don't see them there and you don't necessarily see the money moving through the network. So that was kind of the lens what I'm thinking through is like, I kind of have a feeling that the growth that companies are seeing on the network is actually faster than what you're seeing in the publicly displayed numbers, but I don't have any concrete evidence to go out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what I'm excited about is when we're launching kind of the new version of the application and, and we will start be like, we'll start releasing data of like how many new lightning wallets were established with particular identities over the last 30 days. And we'll be continuously dropping that information because I think by the end of the year, we're going to see some very big numbers because of every, all the people that are involved in the company um, and all of them sharing messages like, Hey, you should start your lightning wallet here. Okay. Let's get into some predictions. Um, Ooh, predictions. <laughs> maybe I've done this with a few guests, uh, predicting the number of nodes on the lightning network in 2025. How many uh, are there right now? There's, well, let's, let's use nodes with active channels. So oh, there's 20,500 or something like that. <sighs> Just over 20,000 with active channels right now. Zion has 13% of all those. It's crazy. <laughs> One company, 13%. So, okay, so how, many, how many nodes are there going to be in 2025? And then how many are going to be Zion nodes? T uh, 10X, 10X. I'd say 10X. 10X, so 200,000 nodes? Yeah. And I, and I and would say... I would... I, I don't think our node count will change because of the efficiencies that we're building. I think that the channels will 20x, and I think that the liquidity will 100x. Interesting. TLV and that's just, inside of it, the, TLV and channels will 100x. Right, and and this would just come from users adding more funds to their to their nodes. That kind of users idea? will create more channels, and then more funds will be added. Yeah, more channels will be established, much bigger channels. And this would happen as a result of users like wanting to spend more and, and send money to creators. Is that the idea? Yeah, like, I, I mean, the, the thing to think about is that if you look at um, a Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is digital energy, but it's also digital property. If you think about it as digital property, what can you build with that digital property? beautiful thing about lightning is you can take that digital property and actually build a building in lightning with a channel. You actually take this asset that is a Bitcoin, and then you can build a channel between two nodes that can be a mechanism of value transfer and then get fees for that highway. So you can take a Bitcoin and yield against it inside of this magic money moving instrument. So I think that's the exciting thing is like you can actually use the digital property for something which is creating lightning channels. Um, what uh, what lightning applications outside of social are you interested in? Are None. you excited about? 
None. There's got to be something. I know. I know oh, you're playing man. around on lightning. What What are you um, like? Well, what do you think? No, blazer as like an interesting use case. I know you're <sighs> I mean, hyper focused on social. I, but. Look, I I wish I wish I had an answer, but like you know, you know the you know why there's an analogy of laser eyes because there's a lot of companies like that are lamps, right? The lamps and the light exceeds everywhere, but it's like if you're a laser and you're like focused enough on one particular point, um. I'm laser focused. I'm, I'm very like, I'm very disciplined in what I do. And I try not to think about too many other, there's too much stuff going around the world for me to think about other things. I'm just being super honest with you. That's why I I've done what I've done in my career is just that laser. I'll take that. That's a good answer. Um, okay. So let's wrap this up and, uh, and tell people a little bit more about where they can find you and Zion. So my name is Justin Resvani. You can find me on any social network, with that name, R-E-Z-V-A-N-I, and then Zion. If you just search Zion Bitcoin on anything, we're the only thing that's going to pop up with that. Or GetZion.com. We have a new website coming out in a few weeks, which is going to be awesome. I think that the, the URL we got is fucking so cool. And uh, we're excited to launch some some new stuff for, for everybody. So just look, on, just look out and then follow my partner, JP Sears, Awaken at JP. Um, and anything that says get Zion, you can find us there. Thank you so much. And Kevin, thanks for this conversation, brother. I appreciate you so much. Awesome. Hey, thanks for taking the time. And I'm, I'm really excited for round two when we, we dive into all the other cool stuff you're working oh, on. Oh, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be a fun conversation. I think a little, little sneak peek is this. Cannot wait for that. <laughs> Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much for the time and, uh, looking forward to doing it again soon. Thanks brother. Welcome to the Lightning Round presented by Voltage. Voltage is the industry-leading provider of Bitcoin and Lightning Node infrastructure. In fact, many of your favorite apps and services already use Voltage to scale their business quickly and easily without maintenance. Voltage also offers an inbound liquidity product called Flow, which helps you as a node operator get inbound liquidity easily. Overall, Voltage is creating the industry standard suite of non-custodial products, helping brands, engineers, and startup scale. To learn more about Voltage, visit voltage.cloud. Lightning round, here we go. In the last seven days, you guys have sent in 22,305 sats. That's from 13 different supporters who have sent in 12 different messages. Um, this is partly from the previous episode and partly from this episode because lately I've been doing more than one episode a week. Uh, but thank you to everyone for sending in sats. I'm going to go quickly through the top five supporters, and then we'll get into questions. Uh, we have Y, who sent in 7,252 sats this week. Nick, who sent in 2,940. GSSVRGN, I think that's GS Sovereign, sent in uh, 1960 sats. Mary Oscar sent in 1764. And Jeffrey sent in 1470 sats. Thank you all for sending in sats. Let's go through some of the comments and questions you guys sent in. First up, we have Y sent in a comment with 4,900 sats saying, guests and topics I'd like to see. One, the lightning video folks. Interesting platform with unique challenges. The potential for adult content to onboard new users is both awesome and terrifying. Would love to hear more about their vision. That's an interesting one. I haven't actually uh, dug into Lightning Video much. I know there's a Starbacker, which is also going after a similar market. Uh, I think they are, at least. I'll double check. But I appreciate the recommendation there. 
Uh, and number two is another Adam Curry style guest. Easier said than done. Adam Curry is one of a kind. Um, focused on the artistry of engagement with low friction sats. Who's leading the boards on fountain or other value for value platforms? It's a good question. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can talk to some of the folks at fountain and, uh, see if there's any other big kind of podcasters. I imagine there's, there's gotta be a number that are doing more volume than this show. Um, this show is pretty new in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it is lightning focused and you guys are sending in a lot of sats and, uh, I post about it on Twitter a lot, and I think a lot of people find that interesting, but I know there's bigger shows out there. Uh, I don't know what the total earnings of Adam Curry's shows are, uh, but it's, it's magnitudes more than this show, and uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of people somewhere in between that uh, could provide some pretty useful insight into value for value and how that's going for them. Um, why also sent in a message uh, in regards to episode 25 and said uh, the lightning killer app for mass onboarding seems like it's on its way i agree uh, there's just so much innovation happening in lightning right now actually when i started this podcast i went i started with a plan of going to all the different founders in the space and kind of speaking to them about their business uh, thinking i would get through them in you know 10 or 20 episodes and that would be it well, now we're on episode 26 and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface of the number of builders and founders in the lightning space. It seems like there's more every day. So, um, yeah, I think one of these eventually pops and, and becomes this killer app for mass onboarding. Um, an anonymous user sends in a message saying, keep up the good work. I don't have many sats, but glad to contribute. Thank you for sending in sats. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate any and all. Uh, sats and uh, I don't want anyone to feel bad about sending in more or less uh, it's whatever you think is val valuable whatever you can you know provide and that's that's more than enough uh, so I appreciate that and thank you for the comment too um, uh, another message came in from Nick Nick sent in two messages um, and first one is few understand this in relation to the 20 minute mark of Adam Curry's episode. And Nick also sent in a message saying, love this interview with Adam uh, for episode 23 and sent in 1960 sats on that. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for everyone for, for sending in, for sending in sats this week. Um, if you enjoyed this show, you can send in sats, uh, send in comments, send in questions. I'll get to them next week. And I can't wait to see what you guys send in.